Southwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. Follow us on Twitter at iGuestInfo. Send us your questions and we'll try to answer. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to Northwest Prime. I'm your host, Lori Ness. My guest today is Huffington Post contributor and author, S.L. Scott. Now, interviewing authors is fairly new for me. I used to think that writers just sat around libraries and smoking jackets, smoking pipes, and spelling eight-letter words. But I discovered that most of them are pretty much like me, free-spirited, open-minded, fun-loving people. So I have been having them on, and they do not disappoint. So I have brought on S.L. Scott, and she is commonly known to her friends, and I'm going to call her Susie, just like her friends do today. And we're going to talk about um, the books that she has out and, and these articles that are very fascinating that she has in the Huffington Post. And so thank you, Susie, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hi. Well, I just finished Good Vibrations last night, and that's your latest book that you have out, right? Um. Sort of. Naturally, Charlie was re-released today, or yeah, today technically is its relaunch into uh, the world. But yes, uh, Good Vibrations is my newest. Beyond that, which came out uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, that was a very fun read. It takes place in Hawaii, so it's like you get a staycation, you know, from your house that you're you're having this trip through Hawaii. Why did you set it in, in Hawaii? I mean, for obvious reasons. Um, I guess I <laughs> why you put it in Hawaii. <laughs> I actually love Hawaii. I've been there many times. I can eat, I haven't even been there in a few years, and I can still picture everything so vividly. So I love sharing that, and it it is. It's kind of like a staycation for me when I'm writing about it because I get to go back to those memories and, you know, visualize that tropical vacation that I'm not getting right now. <laughs> so it was it mm-hmm. was a great place to uh, set a book because it's just a place I love. Well, it was really a, a fun read. I am finding that I'm a very um, big fan of this genre. I I, I really didn't know what kind of genre I was ever in, but I, I'm in usually like happy ending genres. But this book was really easy and and fun to read, and um, and I who doesn't love Hawaii for Pete's sake? So. <laughs> or hot surfers. <laughs> or hot surfers, exactly. Hot surfers are are fantastic. Got to give it up for hot surfers. Now, Nash, Naturally Charlie is being relaunched today. You want to tell us about that and where we can find um, – is, is that through Amazon? Um, that's Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find that. And some of my books you can find on Smashwords working their way to iBooks eventually and places like that. But the Kobo included in that. But yeah, Barnes and Noble and Amazon are the main places, and they have they come in paperbacks or eBooks, so that can so you can get whatever you prefer to read on. How did you get started writing stories? Because were, were you writing um, articles at first, and then it moved into book form, or was it the other way? Or how how did that kind of unfold? Well, I wrote my whole life, but I actually went to school for journalism, so the article writing kind of feeds as a part of that. 
And um, but I was writing stories before, and you know, it just it feels sometimes you're writing something or editing, and you kind of want that little mental break, or you have an idea, and you go you Google, and you can't find the information you're looking for, or people ask you, you know, you repeatedly kind of see the same questions. Um, you were talking about your genre and what you're discovering, which. I think is probably more new adult, which is a newer genre. It's a newer defined genre. And so I did an article on that simply because I was being asked all the time, what is new adult? And I felt like I knew what it was because I tend to write in it, but it wasn't clearly defined for other people to understand where it was. And my vision is a little different than some other people's on new adult, but I think in general – um, it's kind of an understanding that it's just closing that gap between the young adult books and uh, the contemporary, you know, contemporary romance books. They're kind so, of a little younger. They're that mid-age where I feel like a lot of us form as adults. That's where we're getting those experiences that lead us to be the grown-ups in life that we become. Mm-hmm. Because... New adult, I just feel like I'm a new adult in many different ways anyway. So then I saw this category come up, new adult, and I'm like, I just have embraced that I actually am an adult, and now there's a book category for me. (laughs) It it seems to be people in my age group, maybe maybe a little bit younger, but, but mostly people in my age group that are writing young adult and and about people sort of in my in my age group would would that be right so it's not teenagers and that that's that you're writing about in new adult i think new adult is more early 20s it's more that college age young adult oh yeah that's to me be, all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um young adult tends to be that um kind of 17, 18, and yeah, they're starting to have more grown-up situations and life experiences, but, you know, they're not really cataloged in a book so much. Like, they may be glossed over or, you know, they're just having different experiences. And I think new adult kind of follows more in that college age to where you're off on your own for the first time and you're really making decisions, you know, for your life um, for the first time, also, you're also being introduced to many adult situations such as alcohol or um, sexual situations that aren't necessarily touched on in young adult books. And so I think even people who aren't in that age group, they love reading about that category because it reminds them of what it was like when they were discovering things for the first time. I mean, first love isn't necessarily in high school. It can be a first crush, for instance, but I think we really start figuring out who we are and what we like when we're more in that college age uh, time period. But it also that category can kind of go up into mid-20s because it's really just about first experiences. So your first job, your first apartment on your own, all that's kind of encompassed in the new adult. Right. Plus, in my mind, I still think that I am that that age. (laughs) I I, I never really remember how old I am until I actually have to – well, I I don't really admit how old I am, but – 
in my mind, I still think that I'm in that. I, I, I'm glad I'm not such a ding-dong that I was then, but I do like that age. I just don't just want to be a, the big ding-dong that I was in that age, yeah. if that makes sense. I feel like emotions <laughs> run your life at that age. Everything's complete passion or complete, like, desperation. So it's... <laughs> You know, you're just the hormones are going crazy. Your life is just chaotic generally. And I think what we always hope to do is take the best experiences and or even the bad ones from that time period, learn from them and build on them in some way to make us figure out the life we really want to lead and who we want to spend that time with um, past all that. Because just because a relationship's really passionate doesn't mean it's a good relationship, for instance. But you don't right. know that until you live that, and it doesn't matter how many people tell you that. It's not until you do it that you finally figure out, hmm, maybe they're right. And so we have the wisdom of being, I'm not in that age group, so I now have the wisdom that I have now, but I have the great memories and fun times of that period in my life. Right. And the body. I had a good body at that age, too. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wrote an article called The Road to Publication, and publishing has really changed really in the past year, maybe maybe the past year and a half, but, but it, it, it's still kind of an, a new frontier. And so there's traditional publishing and self-publishing now, and there's a lot of avenues for people to get their work out there. And there's pros and cons to both ways, I, I would imagine. Do you have any advice for, for people listening who are writers at, at home and, and trying to figure out which the best avenue for them would be? Um, something just I've been talking to people regularly lately about is when you're looking at traditional publishing, you need to look at, or even self-publishing, so whatever. If you're looking at publishing, you kind of need to look at what your what your ultimate goal is with your book. Is it just to get your book out there to the world? Is it to try to get a big book deal? Is it trying to be famous? Whatever it's trying to be, I think you really need to be honest with yourself and look at it because self-publishing is a great route to get your book out quickly, you know, fairly cheaply, and it's out there for the world to see. But some people need some affirmations from a publisher to basically tell them, to want them, to want to know that you feel like you're good enough. You're being validated by somebody wanting your book. And so that there's nothing wrong with that either. I think you just need to know where you stand before you start into the process to to know which avenue is best for you. I mean, I think everybody wants that has that dream of, you know, uh, submitting, querying somewhere and they discover you're the next big thing. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Mm-hmm. But maybe someone doesn't need that. Maybe they just want to put a book out. And that may not then they may not want to bother with the traditional path. So there's so many options, but I think it's kind of a psychological thing in the beginning when you finish your manuscript to um, know which direction to head in first or where to start looking and doing your research. But um, I, I want to let everyone know. First. <laughs> 
Right, right. I wonder if everyone knows they can go to your website, slscottauthor.com, and they can you, you have links to these articles that you had on the Huffington Post, as well as all of your books that, that, that you've been writing. You've been a very active writer. And there's, there's, there, there might be something psychological for people even about being able to walk into, although people aren't going into bookstores as much anymore, unfortunately, but, but going in and seeing your book on the shelf as well. Honestly, I've had a book, I've had a book on the shelves, and I took ten pictures of it (laughs) when I saw it, and I totally cried in the whole bit. And the manager just like wrapped his arm around me. He's like, "It's okay." So I know that I get that feeling, and that is a psychological thing too. Is it was just like to have a dream um, fulfilled, and so for me, it was. It, you know, I had steps of a bigger dream, and getting published was one, and then seeing it on the shelf was another. And so to have all these experiences, I get that, and I think it's an amazing thing. But, yeah, to get on bookshelves is actually very difficult, and um, I should do an article on it because there's many ways to do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I – I think it's an amazing thing. If you can see your book on a shelf, it, it it's really rewarding. But that doesn't, at the end of the day, that doesn't, um, it doesn't mean you're going to find more success or less success, quite honestly. Um, and I'm not really talking about Barnes & Noble, but more the other, you know, smaller mm-hmm. stores. I think it's a great thing to work within your community and to have community support like that can be huge. Not everybody has that big dream of have, walking into Barnes and Noble and seeing their book there, but if you ever get that chance, I can imagine you know it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> right, right. How important is self marketing in all of this as well? Really important. You don't get to hide like we imagined people used to do, writers used to do. They used to hole up and you never saw them and they were very mysterious and they had dark caves that they worked out of. I don't know. Like you imagined craziness like that and, you know, you really just didn't see them. Now it is everything. Now you have to put yourself out there. You have to have headshots, and not necessarily like professional headshots. I don't mean that. I mean you just have to have an image out there. People want to see you, and they want to hear you, and they want to see what you're having for dinner potentially. I mean like Facebook mm-hmm. and all these online resources, most people are used to those now. And so these are just extensions that you can do with your author um author image basically when you're promoting yourself is you get to have that contact but it's so cool like what's changed now is the instantaneousness of it is you have you know you can post something and readers instantly connect with you and I love that because I want to connect with them so when they you know say anything to me I'm actually just as excited (laughs) to hear that anybody cares so I think it's, we're just in a really cool time, but it, marketing, self-marketing is a big deal, and uh, it takes up a lot of time, quite honestly. That's Fun true. time, yeah, but it, it takes up a lot of time. time. You don't get to write mm-hmm. as much as you probably would ideally like. Right, because it's just another facet of it. Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. just, just like what musicians say, they – 
they play for free, but they get paid for all of the stuff they have to do just to get to the exactly. stage. You know, they have to do their marketing mm-hmm. too and their business end of it and that type of thing. So it's not just writing and putting out a book. There's a whole business behind it as well. Yeah, you become a business. Exactly, right. Well, speaking of self-marketing, you're going to be at Bush Book Bash coming up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, this weekend. a really fun event, I think. I think it's going to be amazing. The The list of authors and the reader participation, the bloggers who are going, a lot of publishers are going. I think it's going to be an incredible event um, in Orlando. And who doesn't love Orlando? It's just a fun place to be. <laughs> You know, I love Florida. There's just um, it, it's it's not just all hurricanes and you know bad weather there. It's and humidity. Every time I've been to Florida, it's just been great weather. The, the beaches are beautiful. The seafood and the rest of the food is just is great, and people are just very kind. And I've seen the list of authors who who are going to book bash in Orlando, and you guys are going to have a really fun time. That somebody needs to record and put on YouTube because that's actually the story behind the story. Yeah, it would be fascinating because I have my stack of books that I want signed. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be at my table and then go work my way over to get my book signed. I mean, there are some amazing authors. And there's a lot of new authors I don't know, um, and I don't know their work. So I'm excited to walk around, too, and scope out the place, so I might have to sneak away for a few minutes and check it out myself <laughs> and get my now, wait, wait. That's right. Uh, when you do a, a book signing, are, are you signing just a certain book, or can people bring any books to you, or are you promoting, like, would it be good vibrations that you're promoting, or is it Naturally Charlie, or is it the body of, of everything? I think that can vary on the author because some are limited maybe by contracts with their publisher to where they can only have one book or something. I'm not limited at all. I'm actually having all three of my books there. Um, I have a prior engagement, Naturally Charlie, and A Good Vibrations. And uh, I've themed my table because I love to plan a party. So this has been fun for me. So I've done a Good Vibrations theme to my table. So I have a few little surprises around, and I have this great banner and some cool little swag things that some some, thing, some readers who've read the book, they'll totally get, and then other readers, they won't get until they read the book. And then I have some more swag that's, you know, just more general promotions. But Yeah, I mean, I'll have all my books. The cool thing about these kind of signings that I've discovered is you don't have to buy a book. You don't have to have a book. I've signed Kindle covers before because people read on e-books now. So I've signed T-shirts, bookmarks. I mean, really, I'll sign anything for somebody. If they actually want my signature, I'm happy to give it to them. But, yes, we do have books and things like that at the table if they want to purchase them. And usually, like, mine are a better price than Amazon, and you don't pay shipping. So it's kind of a cool deal is, you know, you can sign it right there in front of them, and they have that. And it's the same thing I'm doing. I have my books for other authors to sign that I want to see them sign it, like, in front of me. I'm just, you know, it's exciting. 
Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, the, the, the e-reader has changed that because there's so many books now that I actually don't have the physical copy, but they're all in my e-reader. And, yeah, if if I did run across the author, which is a whole other story in itself, because I just do not have Stardar. I do not see famous people when they're standing right next to me, which is a whole other show. I could go about <laughs> all the people I miss. Um, yeah. But uh, But – if I was to have books, it's it's great to have them signed because then you you do have that that physical copy that that you can hold on to. And I've noticed even with e-readers, even though I, I am a huge fan of e-reader, I download. I mean, you can have it instantaneously. Like somebody could be listening to this show right now, and then they uh-huh. say, "Well, I want to read Good Vibrations, or I want to read Naturally Charlie." They don't have to run to the store. They can just click over right over to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever, slscottauthor.com, and they can have it. Within yeah, that 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 is a fantastic thing about that instant gratification. I I love it. Well, in travel, think about it. you can take that you know your Kindle or your Nook or your Kobo anywhere you want or your iPad, whatever your phone. I mean, you can download right. Amazon books right onto your iPhones and Android. So it's an amazing transition in the last like year of how much that's progressed and changed the whole industry. But you know the books I'm bringing to Book Bash to have sign, I read as ebooks. So I bought them as ebooks, and then I bought them as physical copies because I loved them that much that I wanted to own the actual book then with the author's signature. So I think you kind of find a balance. Like there's plenty of books that you're like, oh great, I love that story. Let me get it instantly, or it's a great price right now, and it lets you dabble into different genres and. It's just, it's an amazing tool. Yes, I love e-readers. <laughs> Me too. And it, it saves you from having to, you know, throw your back out, carrying, you know, lugging around books. And um, even though, you know, there's there there's an art to that as well, just being kind of loaded down with, with books. But um, it's physically... It, it leaves more room for me to hold a drink in my hand, and then I can also carry, you know, a whole bunch of books at yeah. the same time. Well, you are then going in July to Comic-Con. Right. I love Comic-Con. I've gone the last two years, um, and this year I'm going again with a great group of friends that it's kind of just a great opportunity for us to see each other. But I love the environment of Comic-Con. I just think it's such a fun, like, everybody's in just, it's a different kind of mental state, but it's just really interesting and fun and a happy place. But we do, I do have a signing there with Daisy Prescott, who was on your show, and Ruth Clampett, who's coming on your show, and Jessica mm-hmm. Darhauer. So we have this really cool um, signing that has happened during Comic-Con, which is at Upstart Crow on July 19th, I believe. And Upstart Crow is a local bookstore that's near the convention center, so we don't even have to leave the area. <laughs> we can hang out and have fun and see everybody. and Yeah. Yeah, that Comic-Con has really grown from the days when I was down there as a teenager. Being from San Diego, I, I was with Comic-Con. I think I talked about this with Daisy. You know, I had a neighbor who was really into Star Trek. And, I mean, really, it's like the very first Comic-Con I went to, there was like, I don't know, maybe 100 people, maybe 100 people yeah. there. And they were all yeah. dressed like in Star Trek things. And um, But now it's at the convention center. Thousands and thousands and it's thousands of people. It's a hundred thousand people. So it's crazy, crazy big. 
Yeah. And they attract the, you know, obviously the top, top. We couldn't get a star to Comic-Con back in the 70s for nothing. I mean, like the the, yeah. the biggest person who came out was the anchor covering the thing, you know. But now everybody who's anybody is at this thing. It, it, it's absolutely amazing the way it, it has grown. And I love San Diego. I'm in Austin, and San Diego is very similar to Austin in so many ways, size-wise, um, the the people's attitude, they're very supportive of creative, and it's a great, I love visiting there because then I get the beaches, which I don't get here, but it's the same, you know, you we have so many things that have happened here that have grown over the years that you're just like, like the ACL Fest, which is the Austin City Limits, you know, years ago when it started, it wasn't that big, and now it's 100,000 people. <laughs> And two mm-hmm. weekends now. So it's like every year it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's very similar to that is you kind of start, I know you're not there anymore, but you try to appreciate things in your own city, especially when they're creative, and to be a part of watching all those things grow is really amazing. Well, Austin is a great city for music. They just have fantastic music, fantastic food. We just, you know, had a bunch of people from Seattle a few few uh, months ago, head to Austin for um, South by Southwest. It, it goes on uh-huh. there. Yeah. And it, it is. It, it's just it's an amazing city in into itself. Um, and it's that's, that, that's a great thing about discovering different cities is every city has something special to offer. And when you find out what that thing is, it's just that it, it, it becomes magic. And some cities have, have more than, than one thing, like San Diego. You know, they have great weather and great beaches mm-hmm. and, um, you know, nice people. Um, it's, just, it's, a, it's, it's a great place to go. You guys are going to have fun. And I'm sure there will be pictures posted um, on Twitter and on <laughs> Facebook, so I'll be looking for those as and well. And a lot of pictures not posted. <laughs> A lot of pictures. Well, make sure you send me those. <laughs> those will be the more fun pictures. But yes, <laughs> we'll try to take some pictures and put them out there. <laughs> I think well, last year I was the only one in my group of friends who had a camera for some odd reason, and I had set down my camera. And when I was on the airplane flying home, I was flipping through the pictures, and there were like 40 pictures that I'm like, who took these? And they are such blackmail <laughs> pictures. I'm like, I exactly. love it. I go, <laughs> I go, I'm just going to leave my camera in the middle of like our group at the table at one night and see who picks it up and starts taking pictures. You know, those, those are always, always fun too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it was, you know, especially when everyone's kind of, you know, got their guard down and they're just having fun. Um, <laughs> I, I went with a group of girls. We all we all flew to Vegas, and we wore like these shot glass necklaces. And we were in the um, we were in the airport, and we were drinking with our shot glass necklaces, going to Vegas, and we were just partying it up. And and we all flew down there. And we just had the greatest weekend. But on the way back, we like we had had it. We had partied till we couldn't party anymore. <laughs> we didn't have our hair done. We didn't have makeup on. We couldn't even like sit together because we were all like kind of bitchy and pissy. And and so <laughs> I was kind of like leaning against the window, and my friend was leaning against me, and we were spread all over the plane. And there's a guy behind us, and he's talking. I don't even know who he is. He's talking to the guy sitting next to him, and he's like, "I flew down with these girls on Friday." And he goes, they didn't look like this. <laughs> 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 so, like, 
That's how you know I'm, you had a good time. I don't even think we had talked for like a week after that. It like took us like a while to get back. But but uh, on the way down, we were like partying it up. We were shot glassing it, yeah. you know, dancing on the airplane. We were like the stars of the airplane. And then on the way back, they were like spread out all over the plane. Nobody's even talking to each other, you know. We're just like no makeup. We just went like crap. Those are the best weekends, though, of all. Those, those, those are the, those the are greatest the times. And I do love I'm Vegas. I'm going to let you go because I, I – Okay. I, I know you have a doctor's appointment to get to, right? <laughs> I know, I do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for hosting yes, me sir. and having me. It was great chatting. Oh, no problem. Well, I'm only letting you go because you told me to keep to that time, so that that's why I'm, I'm doing that, or I'd keep <laughs> yeah. you forever. But um, people can go to slscottauthor.com. I encourage everyone to go there. Good Vibrations was a, was a not only a good read, it was a great read. Naturally, Charlie, I'm going to download that next. And your your um, articles for the Huffington Post were extremely great information for any new writers, would-be writers, people thinking about writing. This is really great information from somebody who is in the business who's sharing their knowledge. So I just I, I can't stress that enough. And there are links to all of this at slscottauthor.com. So thanks, Susie, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. No, it was, it was absolutely my pleasure, and I would say have fun, but that would just be redundant because you are absolutely going to have a great time at all of these events. So, <laughs> Thanks. Bye. You're welcome. Ha- have a great day and just continued success. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. I would keep Susie on all day except for she, she has an appointment that she had to get into uh, onto, and I – promised her that I, I would keep to that 30-minute schedule. So um, other than that, I would have just kept on talking for a long time. But this 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 group of authors, Daisy Prescott, Ruth Clampett, um, S.L. Scott, uh, Michelle Layton, they have just been a dream for me to read. And I wasn't a huge reader, as everybody knows. E.L. Uh, e. James was the one who got me reading again with Fifty Shades of Grey, and I'm not going to go into my addiction into that but it led me to all of these other wonderful wonderful writers and I'm very grateful for that and and, and it wasn't just me that, that that happened for it happened for a host of other people and and women in general so there are some very great books you just can't read 50 shades over and over and over and over and over again like I did because it's abnormal so we learned that in group therapy that is abnormal so there are really great books out there. There's some really great uh, writers, and I encourage you to get out and read them. I was at the market all weekend. Uh, I was the guest, I guess, celebrity uh, bell ringer. Did you know that uh, every morning at 9 o'clock, the Pike Place producers, the crafters and the artists and the vendors, they call the market to open, and it's done by ringing of this bell, and uh, it's it's a fantastic tradition that's gone on for more than 40 years. And I was the person who they chose to do that on Saturday. So I'm very, very grateful um, to to the Pike Market producers and Pike Market for inviting me down there to do that. If you are in Seattle at all, you know I'm a big uh, lover of Pike Place Market. Make sure that you get down there, take your picture in front of Rachel, the the statue pig. She's the mascot for the market. And the crafters and the vendors down there are professional, 
working artists, and they are down there making a living at small business in action. And you can go to the first Starbucks. You can go to Local Color for coffee. Local Color is where all the local musicians and artists hang out when they're not performing their music or, or working at their, their craft booth. And there's fantastic work from local artists in there that, that you can purchase. It's just an absolutely magical, magical place. And I can't stress that to you enough about going and making it down to Pike Place Market. There's just um, a great vibe that goes on down there, and I'm down there every single chance I get. So a lot of these vendors you can also find on online, and they're on Etsy and that type of thing. But anyway, just my little two cents for supporting small business. I'm going to leave you today with a band from Boise, Idaho, and they are here in Seattle. Their name is Lo-Fi, and they wrote a song it's called, actually, Idaho, but it talks a lot about Seattle and, and going all over the world. And, I, and I'm a fan of this song. And I've tried to track these guys down and to get them on the show, but I can't find them. But uh, that doesn't stop me. I will find them and I will get them on. So I'm going to let you listen to Lo-Fi Idaho. These little boys are from, they're not, probably not so little, they're in their teens. Um, but they are from Boise, Idaho, now living in Seattle and doing some great work in music. So thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out slscottauthor.com and read. Read, people. Been gone. 